Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer, Tim Hyde. We're with you every week. Our Notre Dame football show here on YouTube. Podlike Champion for listening in the audio-only version of the show. Hope everyone is doing well. Lots of good Notre Dame football and recruiting topics to get to in today's show. Mr. Hyde, I trust that you're doing well, my friend. Always, always on Wednesday nights or Tuesday, excuse me, Mike. Tuesday night. Yeah, we did a. A, spe- a special update this week, right on a Tuesday night. So, yeah, yeah. we'll do it. We are going to transition into doing Tuesday nights instead of Wednesday nights here coming up. Um, but uh, yeah, so I hope Tuesday night works, everyone. Yeah, great show today lined up. Again, football topics, recruiting topics, big picture Notre Dame topics. Um, and uh, yeah, Ian says, "Where is Goolsby? Is he all right? Is he safe?" I think that's a Star Wars reference. Um, is he going to slide in like Collingsworth does on NBC? There he is. Michael, yeah, you know how are you doing, my friend? What's up, fellas? I'm good. What's up, Tim? Oh, I'm good. I'm just laughing now. It's like, yeah, yeah. Singer needs to bring in the Collinsworth where you glide in, you know, on NBC. So you got- do it again, Mike. Mike, get rid of me. I'll come back. <laughs> All right, everybody. Introducing former Notre Dame captain and linebacker Mike Goolsby. Hey, yeah. how's that? <laughs> there he is. As we said, it's big time program over here. Hey, you know, a hey, big Production time program, value. big time roof. budget. We just got Tim a new light. Goolsby's got himself a new microphone. I mean, oh right. man, I don't even know if we're going to real stay in business w- w- with all these big, big time expenses. <laughs> yeah, the overhead's insane. Uh, yeah, yeah. You guys, yeah. I mean, we had. You guys know that behind me, this is not a virtual background. This is a fat head that you know that we bought several years ago for eighty bucks. I'm sure. This thing is, you know, still hurting the budget. But uh, and this thing over here, my mom got me this years ago for Christmas, and I finally found a use for it. You know, so it's the, like perfect. Is that the Notre Dame Michigan uh, panorama? I have that in my my wife. I don't know. I don't know what game it is, Tim. I uh, think it's. I think that's a Michigan one. I, I have that one. It's a good one. I have it too. I have the same there one. There you go. It's beautiful one. The it bookstore. Is. Bookstore making money. Um, Air Pro K um, says, do the Irish line a five-star this cycle? So Air Pro, we are going to talk about this in the show. This is a topic that we have lined up um, to talk about Notre Dame and five-star recruiting. I think this is an interesting topic. Um, the quick answer is, I don't know. But we're, we'll, we'll talk more about five-star Notre Dame recruiting. Hey, real quick. You know, we always talk about how we're doing and all that good stuff. This time of year is, is one of my favorite. It's College World Series. How about Goolsby talking to some, you know, pod like a champion fans out there in Omaha? I want to hear those stories. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I didn't want to interrupt Mike, but 
yeah, went down to the World Series a couple times this past weekend. And it's Tim, I don't know if you've ever been. It's kind of like a street fest. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and the weather cooperated. It's Saturday. It was hotter than it was Friday. But, you know, Friday I had kids that I trained. I went to the gym, Tim. It's hot. It's, uh, it's you know, it's like muggy. I'm not feeling great. You know, we go down there. I just walked into the beer garden. And then some, you know, gentleman walks up to me, younger guy, and he's like, uh, I don't mean to re- interrupt. He's like, are you Mike Goolsby? I was like, yeah. I was like, do you watch the pod? He's like, oh, we love it. So shout out to Tanner and his dad, uh, Carlos. Love it. And then, uh, yeah, it's amazing, right? Look People at this. Watch. There he is. There's my boy Tanner, dude. Oh, with Great. the picture. <laughs> Look at that. So, uh, and, and then uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, we were listening to the most recent episode on the drive down. They're from like Sioux Falls, South Dakota, if I remember correctly. So, um that's super cool. And then the other thing, Tim, Saturday night, I was at a different tent thing and I'm just, you know, having beers, playing bags or what have you. I look kind of down the sidewalk. There goes Bernard Muir, you know, former associate AD, I believe current AD at Stanford. Um, and he was there when I was there at Notre Dame. And I was like, Bernard Goolsby. And then he came and dapped each other up. And that was, that was the highlight of my weekend. You know, I hadn't seen him in years. So people do watch. Uh, you know, the algorithm's correct, but yeah, I, I, it's super fun when somebody comes up and, you know, recognizes you from the podcast. So yeah, that was awesome. That's good stuff. I love it. We've got the perfect trio here. I mean, find, find me a better Notre Dame show on the internet, interwebs when these two are together. Or these I two are with mine. me, I should say. This yeah, is with, you, with you, Singer, with you. Yes. Yeah. Someone's got to. Always. Exactly. <laughs> All right, first topic. And folks watching on YouTube, please do hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel, of course, if you have not done so yet. Uh, first topic. And again, for our, our topics for the show, we get in a group chat and we're like, hey, guys, what do you want to talk about? Right. This, this is a, a reaction show. Here's the news. Let's talk about it. Or let's just give our takes. It's the dog days of summer. So this one right here, realistic expectations for Sam Hartman this season um tim i will go to you first as i pull up a tweet because i uh i even posted on uh on social media the other day um like how many touchdowns do you think sam Hartman will throw for well i mean let's just go right off right 12 games he's six year senior uh, Notre Dame's not in the playoffs. Don't expect him to play the bowl game. He'll get ready for that big NFL combine. Uh, let Angeli Minchie play the bowl game. So if you're going 12 games, you got to, I mean, the starting point's what? 36 touchdowns, right? Three a game. And I say three a game. You should probably have 15 against Navy, Tennessee State, and Central Michigan. So there's your 15. Figure out the rest. What do you got, Goolsby? So you're, what'd you say, Mike or Tim? I went, I, I went 36. I did three a game. That's three times 12, right? It's one of those third grade maths. Yeah, 36. So I did 36 with a chunk. I think they're going to come out and throw the thing like crazy against Navy, something pine like to hold last year. If, you know, that, you know, the DC's the head coach, if they're bringing eight like they did last year, he's going to chuck it. Give them four or five touchdowns. Tennessee State is just going to be pad the stats, go into halftime, get the backups ready. And then Central Michigan is obviously in between um, the first road game, NC State, which is going to be a noon kickoff. So that's going to be a nice one, Singer. We don't have to do a midnight show. 
and then uh, the Buckeyes, obviously. So oh, I think we play I, Ohio State I, I, 15 in those three games to start. So what about the Ohio State game? Ooh, eh, eh. Win. That's the only thing. I, I mean, I, I could care less about stats. Notre Dame win that one, 22-21. I'll be happy as a clam. Just beat the Buckeyes. <laughs> I figured that might be your answer, Tim. Who cares what the stats are as long as you beat Ohio State, the USC's, et cetera. Tim, real quick, how how many touchdowns do we figure Estime's going to score? I'm trying to figure out points per game here. Oh, gotcha. As a, as a whole. I mean, double-digit touchdowns, 10? Yeah, what did he have last year, Singer? With a dozen? Did he get? I think he had 11. Did he? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't even know the stats off the top of 11 my head. 11 or 12. I think he's going to have a ton because they they don't have digs. Tyree's going to be playing slot and doing all the jet motions and all that stuff. I've said – you know, I, I think Audrey Estime is going to be this year, you know, Kyron Williams. I think he's going to have over 200 carries. He's going to be the bell cow. They are extremely young behind him. And I don't see those guys getting eight, 12 carries a game. And, uh, and, unless one of them just is a stud in camp and shows off like, boom, he needs to be the guy. He's better than Diggs. Get him on the field, that type of stuff. So I think they're extremely young, you know, behind Estime and play Estime. What's the odds of him coming back to his senior year? Probably uh, 0.001. So just feed that guy and let him run the rock. So, yeah, I think this is kind of a holistic conversation about the offense as a whole, how many realistic expectations for Hartman. I think I touched on this on my last show, Mike. You know, it's a time for optimism, right? There's reasons to be excited about Sam just based off his career up to this point and the experience level, the talent in the wide receiver room. But, you know, realistically, that's what I wanted to kind of touch on. How many points a game are we going to score? And then how important is the protection? You know, last year's quarterback in the Ohio State game we faced a lot of heat. You know, I don't, I don't know in this new scheme. That's – it's all – all the arrows are pointing up at this point in the offseason. But, like, just to bring it back down to earth, how important is the protection for this – for Sam? in that in that different offense tim the games that i've watched i think i've watched three full games of wake forest sam's last season there that slow mash really holds that safety that offensive line parts like the red sea sam's able to step up has a you know clear eye view of what's going on he's not going to have those luxuries at a notre dame um and yeah, the reason I asked you about the Ohio State game, I mean, they were sitting in our quarterback's lap last season. Yeah. So can he function without really good interior protection um, in particular, you know, breaking in two new-ish guards, right? That's that's my concern. I'm with you, bro. I don't really care about the stats, but how can Sam perform, you know, with consistent pressure in his lap? Audrey Gastame, 920 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, and also a receiving touchdown. I want to throw that out there. So 12 total last year. Wanted to get that in from, uh, you know, five minutes ago. We started talking so about we that. say 36 oh, and the, 12. This of, uh, go ahead. Go ahead I'm, I'm sorry, Singer. What was his carries? What, what did he have? How many? What was his number? 156. So 150, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be easily 200 this year. So that's the mic. And he averaged like roughly six yards a carry. It was like 5.7 or something. 5.9. 5.9. So 36 plus 12 is 48 divided by 12 games. We're averaging four total touchdowns a game. Is that what we're saying? 36 for Sam. Oh, you're going to say. 
there's your 28. I mean, Notre Dame's going to be in the, they're going to be in the 30s point wise. At least they should. If they're not, they're seven and five. If they, if they're not in the 30s point wise. So uh, yeah, I, I fully expect them to be up in that echelon. Cause once again, you got, I mean, come on. I mean, you, you got some big time cupcakes where those, those stats are going to be nice and padded. So it's, you know, it's going to come down to those big three and then the handful of ACC road games, which Notre Dame hasn't faced, you know, three teams like this when you go NC State and then they have what Duke and Louisville back to back, which is going to be pretty nice. How fascinating, though, Tim, because and I'm kind of putting you on the spots and you did a lot of legwork, a lot of digging in terms of Hartman's numbers. Maybe like the last couple of years, his last couple of years at Wake and that he seemed to play really well against some of the cupcakes and then against some of these ranked teams, not so well. So do you see, is that kind of what we're maybe thinking this year as, as Notre Dame's quarterback? Yeah. You know, and that goes back to, you know, it's Wake Forest, correct? So, I mean, Wake's playing, I mean, Hartman is what the 800, 900 player rank that's Wake's roster is, is loaded with guys like that. So a lot, a lot like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, some of the big games, like the Pitt ACC game, he got demolished. So it's not all on him, as Singer will jump in here in five seconds and say, yeah, his old line got mashed and he didn't get rid of the ball. You know, his, his worst game last year was Louisville. They're going to Louisville again this year. I think they had seven or eight turnovers as a team in that game last year. So it's not like Louisville's, you know, stacked roster. But, uh, yeah, a few of those games were like that, where he just didn't perform. But then you have the anomaly, which you've talked before, Goolsby, is the Clemson game. You know, he goes out and throws, what, six, seven touchdowns, wherever the heck it was, and just going bombs away Joe. Jump ball. Just jump yeah. ball. Yeah, just throwing deep balls like crazy. So my whole thing with this offense is I keep hearing, you know, I threw out 36 touchdowns. Yeah, that's great. Is he going to get 4,000 yards? Who are the guys catching all these? That's going to be the most interesting thing. You talk about all the time, Goolsby, about, just the numbers returning. I mean, people, you know, people, all, oh, you know, Lorenzo Styles couldn't play here. Lorenzo Styles was the second leading re- re- pass receiver last year. Not saying he's a stud, but they're losing him. They're losing him. Mayor is the, what? I mean, he's got to be the greatest security blanket in Notre Dame history. He's gone. So who are these guys? And someone just put it out up in the chat earlier where who is going to be emerged? Everyone assumes it's Tobias. Well, Tobias has one more catch than all of us, you know, in his, in his one game. And he's a, you know, a blue of the blue chip wide receiver. So we'll see what happens this year, which obviously we're expecting a big year from him. So the fun question is just the fodder is if we don't play well in a big game offensively, we'll just, yeah. you know, Ohio state, we play poorly offensively. Where you, what's the matter singer? I, well, it's I don't know where you're going with this, but in my head, you're going to say, are we just going to pile on Hartman? That's, that's what, cause that's, what's going to happen. Oh, oh you, you think? Oh, I, I know. I tend to believe that's interesting. So, yes, you know where I'm going with that. If we play poorly offensively against Ohio State and Sam doesn't put up, you know, four, four touchdowns for 350-plus whatever, is the O-line going to take the blame? Because, like I said, you know, Tim's talking about Sam at Wake versus Pitt. Oh, his offensive line played like shit. Okay, so Sam gets a pass. So – we're yeah. breaking in all these young receivers. They can't get off a of press. They drop balls. They don't make plays on the ball in the air. Like, do so. Who's going to take that blame? I don't see Sam getting that blame. It depends who's assigning it. 
Because well, some some's going to be on Parker, some will be on Freeman. Even though Freeman does, Freeman doesn't have a whole lot to do with the offense. But that'll, some be Parker, some be O line, some be the receivers. Some will be you know me and Tim and, and you Goolsby. It'll be our fault. But uh, I think uh, I think some of it will definitely be on on Freeman or uh, excuse me, um, Hartman on Hartman. Yeah. Well, Hartman's going to take. I mean, they brought. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this for months. I mean, this is why they brought him in. They brought him in to be the guy. They brought him in because he's got 100 starts under his belt, whatever the heck it is. They brought him in. He's got 100, you know, almost 120 touchdowns, you know, 15,000 yards passing. You know, Wake does not have the best talent in the world yet. Sam Hartman, as quarterback, got them to the ACC title game, which is a massive accomplishment for Wake Forest football. So it's, I mean, I mean, we can't dance around this this year. Why is he here? He's here to win these games, to bring that experience to this young group of wide receivers, two NFL great offensive tackles, an NFL tailback, and now it's the young wide receivers and who the heck is blocking interior, which is we, I know we always talk about the Buckeyes game because I think Notre Dame is going to be on the field. Notre Dame is going to take care of business. I mean, they're, they're going to be 4-0 going into that game. They're going to handle business. It's the interior, and the Buckeyes are stacked on defense. I don't care what anyone says. They are bringing everyone back. They didn't block Mike Hall, their D-tackle last year. And guess who gets to block him again this year? Andrew Kristoffic. So he is a he's a train wreck. He's, he wrecks offenses at the interior. So I had two more closing thoughts on that topic, Michael. Okay. I think, Tim, because of Sam's body of work, I almost feel like he's immune to that criticism because it's like, Oh, he's done so much. It has to be somebody else's fault. That's just my two cents. Um, And I forgot the other one, forgot what else, what else I was going to say, but that's, that's, it's interesting that I'm crafting a narrative like two months in advance of this game, you know? Well, I mean, it's the experience. I mean, we'll talk about that a bunch, but it is the experience. You know, I know Parker, the OC and whatnot. I mean, Freeman, we know is not, a big offensive guy, you know, but it, you know, we could say what you want about Parker. He could call whatever plays he wants. He still has a vet, a veteran times 10 at quarterback. He's got to remember what I, remember. I remembered my thought. I was texting Tim for whatever reason I've found on my DVR. I had like the 2021 sec championship game, Bama versus Georgia. And we talked about this Mike at length many, many times on my show in these big matchups in Ohio State, a USC, I and mean, we've seen it. We watched Caleb Williams last last year just playing backyard ball. You need an element of like you need special play from the quarterback position, and if he doesn't get that type of protection, which I'm I'm legit concerned about. I'm curious about who's going to catch the ball. I don't know if I'm concerned, Tim. I'm curious, like who's going to be the guy. Yes. Um, and all the offseason talk is about the excitement at the position. I understand the potential. I believe in the potential, but I'm curious. Nobody's talking about protection for Hartman surrounding all this excitement with his background and his history. And that's a concern is like, can he get outside of the pocket and make a couple special plays that you see from these elite quarterbacks, NFL type early pick quarterbacks? Um so the protection is is going to be very telling. Just two, a, real, a real quick singer. I'm sorry. And then I'll, I'll mm-hmm. go real quick. Hey, that's uh, that, that's why I believe Estime is going to play a ton because those young guys don't know how to pass block. Three years pass blocking, he's going to play a ton. And then 
I, I, you got me on, on my other, uh, on my other thought. No, no, I'm Hartman. Hartman is a lot more shifty. He's not a stick in the mud. He can move. He's, pr he's pretty good moving out. He's really good inside the pocket, uh, moving his shoulders, sliding right to left, fighting off guys. So, but against, he's, a against ACC defenses though, it's, it's a different animal, Tim. They're going to play a handful of those again this year. So I, yeah. I agree. Go singer. Uh, yeah, we have a bunch of super chats to get to, um, but uh, Goolsby, you know you're, you, the whole narrative thing you're talking about. You did this with Buckner, you, like you you would defend Buckner so hard because you thought everyone was crapping on him. But I, I think it was pretty split. Like I don't think everyone was crapping on Buckner as much as you thought last year. Well, I'm overly sensitive. We all know this. So that's just my interpret. My perception is the reality, right? Yeah, I thought I didn't. I never saw that as fifty fifty. That, um, and like I said, I just don't see, I don't see people coming. If we play poorly in some of these big games, offense, dude, I don't see people coming for Sam. I people don't. will give two craps who the quarterback is. If he's not getting the job done, I think it's even more. So he's going to get more heat because of all of that. It's going to be more of it. Like it's exactly what you and Tim are going to do. If he doesn't play well, you guys are going to be on him a lot more than, Oh, this is just his first time starting. He gets a pass. He's still, you know, no, this is a, He's 29 years old. He's older than, you know, the, the offensive coordinator. That's he's 35 it, yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I think he was 26 last show. So yeah, he's 29 now. Yeah. Mid season. He'll be 43. Yeah. So he's got all this experience he should be doing. So I I'm, I'm on the whole opposite end. Of you, ghouls. Be. Well, I let's think hope we don't find out. Let's, let's hope we, you know, we put up six hundred yards of offense and score forty-five points. Right. Let's hope. I'll be insufferable if that happens. All right. Super chat time. Um. Okay. Air Pro K, the five-star one. We're gonna get to in a little bit. Uh, he says, Goolsby, I watch your interception return against Tennessee once a week. Does that make you feel good, Mike? Go get some sun, Air Pro. Get some fresh air. <laughs> he looks like you got a girlfriend, but you know, no, nah, that's that's great. That's a great play. That was a great, great football play. All right, Alex, all, dropped it all on your boy Derek Landry, man. Derek, Derek Landry, Landry, one of my all-time greats, right there. I man. just happened to be there. Love that guy. All right, Alex dropped a few super chats trying to figure this thing. I really do appreciate it. it says, do you think we land Lamberts, <laughs> um, the elite offensive tackle out of Massachusetts? I actually was digging on this today. A, I think it's going to be his. It's it's really four: Notre Dame, Penn State, Ohio State, Boston College. He's visiting Penn State this weekend. Notre Dame was the first weekend of June. Boston College was supposed to be on the 9th. I can't confirm if that visit actually took place. I think it did, and then Ohio State was the past weekend. Not hearing great vibes out of Ohio State. I, I, Boston College is still kind of a dark horse. I think it's Notre Dame or Penn State, though. I like Notre Dame to land Gerby Lambert. Tim Hyde just got a semi, but we're going to move on. Whew. Juicy J here. This is the comment. We don't need any context. I know the context, but we're just going to move on. Which side is more important against Ohio State? Offense or defense? Goolsby? Oh. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. A game like that, sorry, a game like that, you hope you make it play on special teams. Yeah, I played in games like that. It's like everybody needs to kind of come together. It needs to be a a three faceted approach. With them breaking in a new quarterback, and our quarterback again being thirty eight years old, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's a it's a it's a prime opportunity for the defense. Maybe that's just my DNA talking, but. Tim, I mean, you've coached against younger quarterbacks. I mean, when you play against a younger quarterback, I mean, you kind of salivate a little bit because they're just they're, they're, there's going to be a higher tendency to make kind of silly mistakes, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I would uh, I would probably put. And the other thing is, Tim, we're talking about 28 points a game, kind of doing that math with those touchdown numbers. And I think we were close to dead last in the country last year in terms of ter- creating turnovers. I would really like to see that change this this year. So, I mean, if you can create a couple turnovers on D, it makes the offense's job easier. So, yeah, I would say um, I'm picking defense. Yeah, I'm offense all, all night long. It's, once again, it's why you brought, you know, the young lad in, Sam Hartman, to be the guy. I'm, I'm going offense because you could say new quarterback at Ohio State, they, they have two five-stars that are going to flip a coin. They're, they're studs. They, I mean, they could, you know, blindfold him and he's throwing to, you know, you know, five, six NFL wide receivers. They got two NFL, three NFL running backs. So they do have to replace an O-line, which they went out in the portal and got some guys Ohio State did in the portal, but they got dudes. So you got, Notre Dame's going to have to score in that game. Ohio State is, I'm telling you, they're, they're good. They're really, really good. And they're really good on defense, have a lot of guys on defense. Notre Dame is going to have to score in that game. John, really, again, do appreciate the 10. Ghouls, uh, be given the, you know, the former player perspective, Hyde with the coach perspective. I'm going to give the media guy perspective. Love give me the it. offense all day long. Think about Notre Dame in the past decade in all of these big-time games when they've struggled. The offense just totally craps the bed, right? Yep. I mean, bam, a BCS championship game, Fun you know, seven. playoff games. Last year against Ohio State, offense is, is like a no-show. So I'm going to take the offense on that one. Uh, again, Juicy J, uh, appreciate it. Alex says, oh, now I got it. We got Lambert. Okay, just tackled that one. Um, tr- trash always brings out the most interesting super chats. At the Notre Dame, Leprechaun got into a fight with each mascot of the opposing team we faced this season. What would his final record be? I haven't seen the mascot yet. It really, de- I mean, it changes year to year. It changes year to year. I was fortunate enough to have the best mascot, the best leprechaun, and Mike Brown. Yeah. A friend of the show, by the way. He's truly a legend. Yeah, he wrote the children's book. Uh, Mike, not a big guy, though, you know, if we're taking that into account in in fisticuffs here. I I will go 11-1 and because (laughs) 
the blue devil is nasty. The blue devil, you got devil on your side. That's that's a devil. on the road. On the road, you know, you know, he's got his cousin Satan. Well, you can't beat a guy. You can't beat a guy on a horse, Tim. You know, Southern Cal's mascot is with a with a, a sword. Sure, with you, a sword. You, guys, you guys aren't Game of Thrones fan. The Battle of the Bastards. You know, Jon Snow was fighting guys on horses. He was on the ground. So, for all my Game of Thrones fans. Not a Game of Thrones guy. All right, trash with another one. Dude, oh, what? Like what? Pass me. Th- this guy's ordering from Rogue Shop with these questions. So that's right. Between Goolsby Singer and Tim, who is the Stephen A. of this show? Who is the Max Kellerman and who is the Molly? Um, I'll be Molly. I think she's no Molly's the host, so I'll take Molly. Yeah, but um, she's lovely, so I want to be lovely. I'll, I'll give uh, Hyde Max Kellerman just you know. Throwing out, I want Iguodala taking the shot over Steph Curry, and we'll give Stephen A. Smith. Did he really say that? Yes. Oh boy. And we'll give Stephen A. Smith two uh, goals because it's most entertaining. So I think that was uh, that was actually a pretty easy one. Yeah. I think who has a worse hairline, me or Stephen A.? That's the question. <laughs> Moving on. Stephen A. is a big Buckner fan too. I heard so. Oh, nice. is, is he? He's nice. spoken about Buckner. Oh, okay. All right. Got it. Stay with oh, us, Mike. We got a lot of people commenting about CJ Cardin's rankings. Oh gosh! I, I mean, guys, uh, we're, we're not talking about it. I'd ra- I would rather talk. Let's uh, let's analyze the broadcast booth, guys. Like, it's just who cares? It's just really not that big of a deal. The rank, they're just not. But then again, we're going to talk about five star guys soon. So, can I just say this about CJ Carr? I think once he gets here. I think, God, the weight of the world is on his shoulders, and he is a yeah. really special player. I mean, just for whatever the ranking is, he's number three in the Elite 11. He's yeah. this. He's who, like, to your point, watch the film. I mean, with that background, with his kind of grooming, Tim, it's just like, man, if there was a quarterback that could win us a national championship, not named Tyler Buckner, it's C.J. Carr. I'm telling you, man, he's exceptional. <laughs> With the DNA and all that, go ahead. Sorry, Mike. I, I want him to drop down the rankings. Just, just get the pressure off of him. Yeah, let him like let him slide down. Give him a chip on the shoulder. Heck, yeah. just oh, it's it's going to be massive. And then Kenny Minchie's the forgotten soldier, and he was basically the same type of numbers last year at the Elite Eleven. You know, Minchie was one of the Elite Eleven, the same as CJ Carr. Minchie went up and tore up the pro day last year. The same, so many of the same things, Minchie. Kick butt at CJ Carr did yet. Could I say? Could I say this one thing? As you know, borderline five star type kid went through this whole process over twenty plus years ago. Who's the godfather of recruiting, Singer? Lemming. Yes. So I was on Tom's All American team. He loves Notre Dame guys. Right, he loves- the five star. Correct. Of course he did. I'm a Notre Dame guy, Chicago guy. It's a whole okay. thing. Yeah. Tom tells me like I'm signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm going to Notre Dame, right? As soon as they offered me, I'm going to Notre Dame. It just, it is what it is. And he told me, he goes, we're in a limousine. At, we're doing something. And he was like, um, some media thing. And he was like, if you want to be an All-American, he's like, don't commit. Because he's like, you know, again, people stop reading about you. You're not a hot topic, et cetera. And that was 20 plus years ago. As early as CJ Carr committed for him to still be as highly ranked as he is, speaks to his talent. Does that make sense? The position is a huge part of that. Like no sure. one's talking about Jack Larson anymore. No. Or, or heck, Logan Thomas was a huge commitment for Notre Dame at Viper. 
That was, that was but imagine CJ. Imagine C, he he he'd have been Dante Moore. I mean, imagine he's uncommitted. All those pay per clicks. I mean, it's 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 that's a very real piece to this whole recruiting media coverage thing. Yeah. So the point of he could be even bigger if he weren't committed. Yeah. I think that if he was uncommitted, no doubt he'd be ranked higher because people want to read about it. Absolutely. Is that why Justin Scott's a top 10? Because he hasn't committed and he's constantly in the news? Perhaps. You know? And those kids, I mean, you know, and again, I mean, I live that. So, like, those kids, they can get caught up in that. So, for CJ to have the maturity to make that decision as early as he did, stick with this decision through the coaching change, through Coach, Re- Reach Le- Coach Reese leaving, um, it's absolutely – for anybody that's concerned about rankings, who gives a shit? He's an elite quarterback yes. with elite DNA, elite background. Um, and there's – Darn good quarterbacks this year, and people are just are just stubborn about Wait, that. Goolsby, you you cut out when you said who gives a what? What? Wait, can you just repeat that whole sentence again? Who gives a hoot? No, no, no. I I need the real word. I'm assuming I said the, I said the s word. No, I I need to hear it. Say it again. Yeah, who I gives said, a who gives what a about rankings? Oh, who gives a shit? Thank you. It. No, gosh, just, they just fire me up. I the biggest thing about rankings is can't we all just have an opinion and yes. just respect each other's opinions? If someone thinks CJ Carr is not as good as some of these other quarterbacks, who cares? It's fine. Just move on. Damn. And but, I think the other the other thing too, Mike, you saw him recently. He's got like the shaved head look or whatever. And he's kind of got this blue blood background based off of who his grandpa was. And he comes out with the shaved head thing. Like, tells me he's got a little bit of like swag to him, you know, like I'm excited for him to get here. I mean, and again, the weight of the world's going to be on that kid's shoulders. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like, I want to hit that fast forward button until he gets yeah. here. Once we yeah, get right here. Right. you know, people are saying, you know, players care re- results matter or recruit rankings matter. CJ's in the top 50. What, you know, one out of four sites has them low. And, and we talked about this last week, Singer. What's the one site? No, everyone's like, does not like. Tim, we got to stop. We, we, we can't talk anymore recruiting right now. It's ridiculous. Yes. Garth says, Goolsby, who would you start at the guards? I got from left to right, Alt, Billy Shrouth, Zeke Krell, Rocco Spindler, and Blake Fisher. Leaving out, um, uh, Christophic. I would defer to Tim on this, but I had an idea. What do we got three games before the big one in Ohio State? I take a combo of four. Four. Perfect. I take a combo of Billy and let's say Rocco. I start those two week one, and then I start another two the second half of week week two, and I take a different combo, start them week two first half. I take another. I try them out. If I'm those co- if I'm that coaching staff, I I you get to play. Billy, you're starting week one. Rocco, you're playing second half week one. Rocco, you're starting week two. Billy, you're playing second half. I use those first three weeks as a tryout to say who's going to start against Ohio State. And, yeah, I understand the cohesiveness and why it matters and all this other bullshit. I'm I'm, a, I'm an upside guy. I don't see the upside with Christophic. He's just a guy. Rocco's got slow feet. I never really loved him as a recruit. But, Tim, I've heard you say this on the show before. He's a big boy. He's a big man. Um, so give me some, give me somebody, which one of these kids has an exceptional trait or two or the most exceptional traits and let's roll with them. 
Yeah, no, I love it. Real quick on Rocco, my my feelings with him is Billy Shroff's probably going to start. You go with Rocco because who knows if Christophe comes. I mean, Christophe's a fifth-year senior. That's the other thing. What's the odds of him coming back? I Some of these things, man, play play the young guy if it's tied and get Rocco in there. He's a he's big. He had a nice spring game. He's right on the cusp of right there. Get him in there, but at the same time, Christophe's got seven, eight starts, and that's always well, hard. That's hard. I like that. So to, so to answer the question, give me Billy, give me Rocco, and then Christophe's a nice safety net slash insurance policy. And I still think Jagasaw is going to start at guard before the end of the year. I think he'll get a start. I do. Okay. All right. Moving along. Um, and appreciate the super chat, Garth. Hank says, um, and okay, this is actually a topic where, man, you guys are dropping some great super chats today. So, Hank, we're going to get to that topic actually pretty soon. Iron Price drops five bucks and says, question, I feel good about the upside of a lot of the 2024 recruits, but is there any concern that there are too many low floor players? Seems like they could have some roster holes in the future. Tim, you want to tackle this one? Uh, the upside of 2024 is still a little bit incomplete because you still got some, some big guys out there. Um, if, you know, obviously you do have, you know, people are going to talk about some of the stars and some of the, the lower ranked guys, but some of these lower ranked guys can play ball. They're just, they haven't been exposed probably enough to the rankings themselves. So, but um, yeah, it, there is some upside and it's, and there's a handful, as you know, singer, the heavyweights, those top, I mean, they still have a shot at four top 100 football players to close this class out. So, I mean, this, I mean, this class is still a work in progress. Ghouls, any thoughts? Well, Mike, through the, through the lens of a fan, what, how do they see a low floor player? Like, Give me an example of a low floor player in this class. Your three stars without the big offers, Teddy Rezac. Well, that's kind of why I'm asking that. So they're tying the low raking to a low floor. Like Pretty they're much. making that natural correlation. Um, and it's interesting, Tim, you touched on that. You know, they're still in the running for four of these top 100 players. It's almost like Freeman's learned from that Dante Moore, Keon Keeley, Peyton Bowen situation last year. And maybe they're slow playing it a little bit more this year, taking a different angle, different approach. Not a super chat, but Sam Anderson says Buckner sucked at Elite 11. If that tells you anything, on three was higher on Buckner by a mile. Um, let's check the receipts. CJ Carr, 193, 13 position. Buckner, 199 and 20 at the position. So um, that would be incorrect. Got to check the receipts. Scott says O'Leary has to go. Anyone down on Chris O'Leary here? No dream safeties coach. I as so the amount of blame for coaches sometimes is just absolutely wild. There's always there's always the one every year. Last year's heavy right. on Al Washington. We've had Dale Alexander, Jeff Quinn. Chris right. O'Leary is the new is the new guy. Yeah, Jeff Quinn's a horrible coach. He's going to have two first rounders playing right and left tackle this year. But um. There's it, the amount of blame game that goes on as if coaches are sitting in a room by themselves and no one in the staff, no one, you know, Chad Bowen, the recruiting coordinator has no idea what's going on. Marcus Freeman's in the dark. What's, you know, Hey, you know, Chris O'Leary, are you calling guys? And he's lying. Oh yeah. I'm calling them all. And they find out six months later, he never called someone. So the amount of this type of atmosphere towards coaches is crazy. 
sometimes, I mean, seniors, you know, seniors like falling on me at times with recruiting. Singer said, you know, one time, and it's it stuck with me, is sometimes you just get who you could get. And Notre Dame is kind of doing what that. What did I mean by that? What do you you get who you get. I mean, if you're if you're going out offering, you know, 15 guys in Georgia, Alabama, and Florida, what's the odds of you getting them? Probably low. So you, sometimes you got to get who you got to get, which is guys in your area, other types, you know, regions where you have on. Are you are you getting? Are you going head to head and beating Alabama and Georgia for guys right now? No. So they they're going out and beating guys with SEC through Kentucky and Vanderbilt. That's who they're getting, things of that nature. So blaming O'Leary is sometimes just – that's just me. I, I think it's a little crazy. I, I think when there's there's two things here. When Kyle Hamilton has such, such success, I think a lot of people are like, oh, we're just going to start killing it at safety recruiting. But that's always – is you know, that that's I don't think that's a real thing in, in recruiting. It helps. It's a factor that these kids – but that helps at, for Notre Dame more than just the safety position. Um, I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts. One more thing. The O'Leary doesn't have the greatest coaching resume. So that's the other thing. Like people are just going to, you know, look at the recruits that he's landing and then maybe, and then not landing like a Peyton Bowen last year. But if Notre Dame gets Tay Johnson this Saturday, when he announces, I'm, I keep saying this on our show, so I keep forgetting to look it up. I think he'll be Notre Dame's highest safety commit since yeah, Kyle Hamilton, yeah, and that would be pretty damn good. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's top 50, 150, top 160. I mean, darn good football player. So, Yeah, and he beat out, you know, O'Leary led Notre Dame to Lane Kennedy Urlacher. Urlacher told me, of course, it's Brian Urlacher's son, he was going to Miami after his Miami visit, and Notre Dame just swung it back in his favor. So, Gould? Um... So, real quick, I'm going to spin through this. Hamilton... And I kind of want to, I'm almost going to talk out of both sides of my mouth because I said on, a, on my last episode, my last show, that to get these five stars, and hopefully we're going to segue into this conversation, mm-hmm. you have to get first-round picks. So you had a first-round pick at Kyle Hamilton, but he didn't play the second half of his senior year. Like, he was almost a forgotten thing. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton went into whatever, whatever was his junior season as a first-round pick. Like, a lot of that hay was already in the barn. You know, and you can remember him having like one play where he came across both hashes against, I think, was it FSU? FSU, yeah, Florida State. So that you would think, yes, you got Hamilton into the first round. We should start reeling in all these, you know, high level high school kids. But it's like he didn't play basically the second half of his junior year. Second thing, I've heard you say this too, Mike, that like, or allude to like recruiting's not difficult. You just got to make the calls, you got to send the text. And it's like, I call BS on that. And it's like, you know, this is coming from like a career salesperson. It's like, just because I go knock on doors or I send out emails or whatever, like there's more nuance to it than that. There just is. And I mean, I've trained some high level kids and I've seen some like text messages at these coaches and they like, their game is whack, dude. Like they run the worst game with these kids. Like, what are you doing? You know, it's like terrible. So there's more to it than just hard work in terms of recruiting. There just is. Um, and then the other thing about the safety recruiting, and I know we're going to touch on this if Mike gives us enough time, Tim, is like this three, three, five kind of transition. And Tim, I know that you've kind of like touched on this somewhat vaguely in, in, in the past, 
like the the kids that they're recruiting, like Kennedy Urlacher isn't a safety. Like he's an in the box. I mean, he's a perfect fit for that kind of overhang outside linebacker slash safety role. Rezac is another one of those types. So like we think of safeties as like free safeties, just center fielders. Like that's what a Ramon Henderson would be. That's not even what Xavier Watts is. Yeah. So I think folks need to take that into account when you're looking at this class and safety recruiting is if they're just shifting the identity of the defense, you only need one or two center fielders and the rest of those body types and those players, they're physical, they're sure tacklers. They're not going to play in as, in as much space. Tim, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, I mean, I've been saying that's, I mean, that's Freeman's base. That's he got into coaching, you know, the first D he ever ran was a three, three, five. So I think they're going to that. It's Fosky NFL second round pick, all that good stuff. I always felt, Foskey held him back as weird as that sounds because they want that Viper to be a true outside backer drop, you know, zone blitz, bring guys and, uh, you know, Foskey dropped and whatnot. I think they're going to do more of it at that position. I remember when Freeman got hired, he talked about, he wanted the Viper and the Rover to be one in the same. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to blitz those guys all different angles to basically like an old school three, four type look, bringing outside backers. So I think, I think Notre Dame's going to go to more of that look interchangeable when you say the 3-3, three, three, the 3-3 three, three meaning Mike, Will, Viper. Because some of these backers are recruiting can play Mike, Will, or Viper. I mean, look at the two they've already moved, Tuli Alamaka and Burnham. And Botello, as much as he's a rush guy, he played Rover the last two years. So it's, it's the, the, the whole 3-3-5 three, three, in terms of vernacular yeah. Viper versus it is, is it really a Sam? Is it whatever? But you've got like two outside safeties, you know, in terms of like, if you were counting, they'd be like your one and your five. So I just went through the roster just mentally earlier today, like guys that fit that role, Watts, Ben Minich, Kennedy Urlacher, Jalen Sneed could do it. DJ Brown could do that. DJ Brown can't play in space, like make his zone to tackle smaller. Teddy Rezac, I think Maris could do it. I think Preston Zinner fits that body type. Adon Schuler, and I think Jaden Osbury. All of those guys are like space edge rover-ish type players. And that's kind of what that 335 is. It's almost like you have a smaller rover playing on both sides. But that'll be interesting to see what this defense evolves into. But when I look at safety recruiting, I'm like, I don't know if they're looking for center field safeties anymore. You need some. But I think you you want more sure tackler, physical physical players, guys you can blitz, et cetera. And that would be Tate Johnson if he commits. As Singer says, he's going this weekend. Is with his range, length, athleticism. That's your free Rezac, Erlacher. These are your outside backer type guys. Yep. So that way, physical player. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. There's, yeah, there's my window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, we're just um, oh, God forbid we talk a little football. Jesus Christ. You know? I know. I know. Why would I want that on, on the Notre Dame football show? Uh, in terms of the recruiting point, um, ghouls. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a lot more nuanced than that. I think I, that was more of like a looking at some of the laziness on Brian Kelly's staff. Like they just weren't putting in that work. Oh yeah. No doubt. No doubt. That, you know, that that's more about that, but yeah, obviously the, the amount of nuance is it's honestly a little bit ridiculous. Um, coaches are Can I give you my worst recruiting line I ever heard as a recruit. This is a story I've never shared. Whoever the coach was is at Tennessee. And my mother was sitting there. There was some school function. So we were like in my coach's office. This coach from Tennessee was there. 
and he goes, ah, this is two. They're both SEC schools. He goes, Mike, you know, you're a battleship. I'm like, okay, good to know. Didn't realize that. He's like, you're a battleship. And he's like, the Midwest is the harbor. He's like, you know, you got to get outside of the harbor. That's your battleship, you know, like go down south. And then the other one was uh, Claude Bassett was the recruiting guy at Kentucky. And he said, uh, I'll never forget it. And he used to show up in a white Cadillac. He was like Boss Hog from uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard. And he said, uh, Mike, you know why God made the sky blue? I said, why, Claude? And he said, because he's sharing a little bit of Kentucky with all of us. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the stuff these kids hear. It's like, get real. Anyway. All right. Let's uh, let's, let's pay some bills before we uh, move into our uh, next portion of tonight's show folks and we're gonna hear from rogue shop of course you know what it is it's the husband and wife outfit as mr rogue and his wife char are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine a true holistic type of small business they farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand check out their website folks it's rogueshop.com r-o-g-u shop.com they sell everything from CBD, THC edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Hop on the website, chat with the owners of the store, and they will answer any questions you may have. Go to rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or have anxiety, stress issues. You can use promo code blue and gold, uh, one word, pr- promo code blue and gold to get... 10% off your order again, rogueshop.com. Okay. Great conversation tonight. We will continue on. Um, I believe on our outline, this is only our second topic. <laughs> so, yeah. We're, gonna get well, we, We're getting through two tonight. We've covered through, you know, the, the various points more or less, but it's Marcus Freeman, an elite recruiter. And the super chat tied with that. Um, was from Hank. He said, can Marcus Freeman do enough to land Justin Scott or Elijah Rushing? Uh, if he can't, should there be concern about Marcus Freeman not being the closer he preaches to be? I don't know if, I mean, not those words, but like Goolsby always says, Freeman was hired to recruit. So this is a topic you want to discuss, Goolsby. What are your thoughts? Um, I think Justin Scott, and this ties in, I think, the first super chat of the evening was what's it going to take to land a five-star something to that effect. Yeah. So they're all kind of tied together. A five-star, maybe we start with the definition to me, a five-star is like a ready-made NFL player. They just need a little bit of polish, a little bit of technique or whatever, but. So you're, you you don't care about the actual amount of stars on the ranking. You're just saying five-star in terms of that ready-made talent. Well, what makes what constitutes a five-star? What makes Keon Keeley a five-star and what makes Logan Thomas a four-star, right? Whatever yeah. the you know, the slapdicks yeah. at all these drinking websites decide. It's, 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 it's measurables, it's height, yeah. weight, it's whatever. So they don't take into account somebody's like potential. Like most of your a lot of your NFL linebackers are former safeties that grew into linebacker position. You know, you're a five-star linebacker is going to be 6'3", 230 and run well, right? That might grow into an outside linebacker DN before I get myself off track. So it's kind of a ready-made player physically. Like Keon Keeley rushing, they're both beautiful athletes, 6'5", 6'6", you know, 230, 240, whatever. Justin Scott, I think, is a super important recruit for us just because he's a little bit of an anomaly and that he's in our backyard, 
Uh, and there's there's just not a lot of five star talent within a you know two three hour radius of Notre Dame's campus. Most of those kids tend to come from down south for one reason or another. Um, I think Justin Scott. I like him more as a player than I I, I like rushing. I like Keon Keeley more than I like rushing. Rushing is a little stiff to me. If I'm if I'm completely honest with you. The recruiting rankings, you know, the this blue chip. What do you call it, guys? The blue chip ratio. Blue chip ratio, thank you. That's going up. Um, but what is it going to take to to sign a five star outside of NIL? Like a perfect storm, and it's like again, Justin Scott to me is like a perfect storm, just based off the the geography. Um, and the other thing that I, I was was texting with Tim earlier, we're we're gauging Freeman's success as a recruiter based off of rankings at this point we're not really going to be able to know until we can play some of these kids for crying out loud you know his classes they got to start to get on the field eventually so we can really see what we're working with outside of these slap dicks you had mentioned singer (laughs) you know what i mean so it's just like on one hand rankings don't matter which is true, and on, on on the other hand, they do matter, and just in terms of perception. But ultimately, it's like when you put on that that film, a Justin Scott playing against Georgia, he's got a chance. You know, like he gives us a chance just because of that, you know, DNA, the, those genetics that you're seeing. So I think he's a super important recruit, just because again, he's an anomaly because he's so close to where we're at there in South Bend, Tim. Yeah, I mean, when it, you know, when you hear the elite recruiter, people are obviously going to just throw out five stars, five stars. Well, you know, Notre Dame doesn't get a lot of those in the last twenty years. That's just the fact. So why is Marcus Freeman, you know, graded by that? I tend to look at it as, you know, I've been going studying, you know, the number to get into numbers data with some of the guys on the loose emoji message board to get into, and I've been studying ratings, a player rating that's got a ninety-three. So if you're a ninety-three plus you're basically top 100. And then there's a few like Colsey's 108. So what, whatever. I just count all the all the guys with the 93. And Freeman has signed more of those in the last three classes than the previous dozen. So that shows you there is an improvement. Then I like to go off of the NFL draft. That's basically what these guys do. I mean, they go five-star, as senior knows, or thinking first round. Top 250, 255-ish are basically your NFL draft guys. That's what they're projecting. And Freeman is signing a handful. I mean, just in the last couple of classes, you got – you had 21 and 22. They've signed 15 of those. 13 and 22, 23 combined. And they still have a shot to land nearly 15 this year again. So – he is getting guys and rankings. Yeah. You know, we could say they don't matter, but obviously you want guys the higher up, the better. And he, he is combining a lot of dudes in that 250 range. And then lastly, I talked about this with Singer on the show recently is going back to the player rating. Marcus Freeman, when we count 22, 23 in this class, 24, that's three straight years of over 92. It's never happened. It's only happened one time at Notre Dame in the last 13, 14 years. That's the great class of 13. Every other class is ranked underneath. So Freeman is bringing in different dudes. It's just frustrating because we want 
Caleb Downs, Keon Keeley. You want some of these guys. All right. I want to, I want to drop a point on the, the rankings matter thing. You ever talk to someone who worked at like a fast food restaurant and they're like, Oh, I can't eat at that restaurant. Like, like if I met someone who said, Oh, I, I don't eat at Taco Bell. I work there. That would hurt my heart, you know, but why, why aren't they eating at Taco Bell? Cause they've seen things. Right. I worked at Rivals for nine years. So for you guys to say, oh, these rankings, they matter. But I've seen the sausage get made over there. And I don't really. So when you say the rankings matter, you're saying these guys' evaluations are what matters. I don't really like the way that they would do things. I, I, I've given examples on that. But the, the argument is not the rankings matter. It's you, you just get the best guys. It's not that difficult to see that Justin Scott is an elite talent. I mean, 6'5", 310 pounds, and, you know, is a, is a big-time basketball player, too. Like, you know, like you can see his athleticism. Like, it's not hard to figure out that the guy with 50 offers and has a 12-pack is is an elite player. Like, so that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. But, Goolsby, I'll throw it over to you. I just – when we open up our own recruiting shop, fellas, right, we'll call it something call it real quick recruiting but it's like i would have a five star and i would have a four star and i would have a three star and that's it how do you delineate between you're the 272nd player in the country and you're the 641st it's like that's silly to me it's like you're a four star five star three star here's our metric these are the whatever this is our this is our formulary this is our algorithm how we come up with that and then and move forward that's that's funny you say that that's basically the ratings you got your as i you know your five stars are up you know 98 plus whatever they are the singer knows better that's why i've been sticking to this 93 number when you start looking at that the nfl then your low fours are those guys basically 275 to 399 your low three stars you know is that next bunch which notre dame has a handful of them so notre dame real quick you know it's the last week of school here so i've been busy uh prepping the recruiting stuff. Notre Dame, over 50% of their roster is guys ranked in the top 250. The perception out there is it's probably not, but 50%, I think it's 51, 52% of this roster is guys ranked in the top 250. That's a lot of NFL projections that these ranking guys are doing. And that just goes back to, I know I always talk about the blue chip rating. It's just, as Mike says, and it's true, it's a data point. And when you hit certain numbers, it just shows the talent on our roster. And the more guys you know, Goolsby, if Goolsby's hurt and there's another guy just as highly ranked as him behind him, they may not miss a beat. It but. is. It, it's the last thing on this, like, because you threw out Colsey. And Colsey might become my Maris Leopold for this year. <laughs> might be. But it's like, I can remember texting Tim when we signed this kid. And I was like, I don't know. You know, and he's big and he's fast. I get it. And he's a top 100-ish player. But I'm like, man, I don't know. And then you watch it two years later. And then you look at like an Emil Mag, uh, Wagner. So juxtapose those two. So if Emil Wagner was 30, 40, 50 pounds heavier in high school, he's the number one. Is he a top 10 player in the country coming out? But he didn't have that weight. But you look at his movement skills and all that. So it's just like... Um, I think with five-star kids, I don't know if there's much room to grow in terms of like getting better overall. 
it's like, so give me, give me a, a four star that moves the right way that needs to put on 10 pounds, 15 pounds all day long. Those are the guys that I think you kind of build your program around. Then you get a splash player every once in a while with a five star. But yeah, Justin Scott's a, a big recruit for us just because he's so, he's right there. He's right there. I will say people don't want, people want to hear this to build off what I was saying before. On threes, guys, although I disagree with some other things, again, I think it's fine to just disagree and, and you know and move on with your life. Charles Powell ran a scouting service for several years, and uh, his right-hand man, Cody Belair, worked as, I believe his role was director of scouting at Texas Tech, worked at A&M and LSU. So at least we at least have real scouts working at on three. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other websites is just journalists. It's just like Mike Singer's running your recruiting rankings. Do you want Mike Singer running your recruiting rankings? God no. No, hell no. And Jelly and Jelly and Jelly's the number one player in the country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all right. Uh Goolsby. Great question. We're going to you on this, Tim. Not to you because we got to keep moving along. What does it take to land a five star at Notre Dame? Uh, and you could speak to this as a five star who did pick Notre Dame. So, but you know, I, I don't mean to age you, Mike, but I need you know, the answer in, in modern terms, you know, because it, it's a lot different to land a five-star today than a, a five-star in, in your day. I don't know how it's different other than social media, realistically. Or NIL, these, yeah, it's it's a different world. I think you probably, depending on the position, depending on where the players, you would pull out all the, you'd pull out all the stops. You'd pull out NFL guys, um, I mean, it's, it's, I don't have a great answer if I'm, if I'm, if I'm honest it, with you, if it were easy, then Notre Dame would just do it. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think it comes down to NIL though. I just think that's such a lazy thing, but it's like, you have to change the narrative. So like the narrative that like, so the, again, these kids that are going to go to a Georgia and Ohio state, a Florida, you name it, a Tennessee, like they don't have to physically go to class. There's a lot prettier girls. The weather's a lot warmer, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like you either have to instill in that kid that, that you're going to go down a different path to get to the same place. You're, like, you're going to go to the NFL as if you come here and be a five-star, you're going to develop as a man, as a player, as a human being, and you're still going to get there. But you're going to be better off as a person – um, once you arrive there versus you're going to go down to Florida and fuck around for three years and then and get to the NFL. But like, you're not going to be in a better place as a human being through that process. Am I making any sense, Mike? Yeah, yeah, of course. So it's like, you're going to the NFL, Justin Scott, you are going to the NFL. Are you going to go to the NFL with a potential Notre Dame degree in, in hand, all your alumni connections, all the toughness, wisdom, growth that Notre Dame is going to give you? Or are you going to go to my Miami and pop bottles for three years and then and go to the NFL it, it, with with no personal development? That's the kind of kind of the sell. And then again, I bring in the Justin Tucks of the world, right? All of these NFL guys and Anthony Fasano, and just be like, yeah, this is my story, and just have a matter of fact conversation. Like, yeah, it's not going to be beaches and bottles down there in Miami, but it's good for you. I do want to mention on this point of Notre Dame and five-star recruiting in general. So let's just look at it. 
with um, Cam Williams and CJ Carr, currently both top 50 prospects, they could end up on three industry ranking five stars. They could. Or a five-star according to one of the services. Again, what five-star means to you varies. It depends on which ranking you want to go. So 2023 class, Notre Dame signed a five-star in Charles Jagasaw. I mean, on three ranked him as a five-star. If you go to 2022, hell, on three ranked two guys as five stars and Jalen Seed and Emil Wagner. 2021, rivals had Blake Fisher as a five-star. So, it, it, there, I mean, that's that's three classes that Notre Dame signed with, that had some semblance of a five-star. So it's not like it's just not happening at all. I mean, as much well, as five-star Notre Dame, they should be ranked other guys five-star. You're talking about five-star, yeah. But I, it's some something like that in the messaging, and I think Freeman's a guy that could kind of deliver a message like that. It's like, what if they were like, oh, come down to Justin Scott again. Come down to Miami. Like, you don't even have to work out. You don't have to lift weights. It's optional for you. Like, is that really where you want to go to school? Versus, no, Coach Bayless is going to get every ounce out of you as, as, as he can, as much as he can for the next three years to develop you, to prime you for that, your ultimate landing spot in the NFL. And you'll be better suited to handle that success based off of the the development, the personal development you'll get out of Notre Dame. I think that's what it's going to take. Those people that are chasing money and all that, you know, bags of cash, NIL deal, it's never going to work out. You're never going to get those kids. Okay. You don't want those kids. All right. Let's go through some more uh, Super Chats here. Uh, Tim, I know this is probably something you have uh, very strong opinions on. Uh, from Hank, really appreciate this super chat and all support tonight, Hank. Will the new Notre Dame athletic director and boosters use the NIL more to help aid the coaches on the trail? Where will new brand Nike or Adidas help? Hide. Yeah, the old brand thing. I mean, Goolsby ran around in Notre Dame Stadium. He can talk about what he likes to wear, but uh, yeah, I think sometimes. I mean, Nike's obviously just a hot name because Jordan and whatnot. So, but as far as yeah, what I mean. Talking about coaches with cash in their hand to hand out. I don't think that's going to be happening at Notre Dame. That's what he means. And NIL and NIL is going to be, I mean, that thing is going through a massive legal structure. This thing, the Senate, it's going around a big whirlwind. And Notre Dame's doing what they're doing. Players are getting paid. If you're a dude at Notre Dame, you're going to make a lot of money. Guys have made a lot of money at Notre Dame. It's a fact. So they're just not handing out cash. And how is that working? You know, people always talk about, you know, name, image, likeness, as Goolsby says, it's the boogeyman. How's that working out for Oregon? All guys transfer. How about AM? AM's had half their roster leave, all four and five. Brady, it's what Brady Quinn told us, Tim. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. And the and the stories that are out there, I've yet to see this, all these guys saying, I got all this cash. Kirby, I mean, the guys that are going to Georgia, when they talk about name, image, likeness, all I've ever heard from these guys say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mine comes in the NFL. So Coach Smart does. That's that's the resume he's built. He's getting guys to the league. What, 25-some-odd guys drafted the last two years? That's what those recruits are seeing. They don't care about some upfront cash to go take out their girlfriend and whatnot. Get me to the league. That's what those guys are doing. So I, I, I think it's a massive boogeyman. Every time someone doesn't go to Notre Dame, Singer talks about on the message board, blame it, NIL. Yet when they get a top 100 guy, no one says anything about name, image, likeness. So it's, it's, it's an interesting. Thing. I do think to, to answer Hank's question, I do think Nike absolutely helps. Jordan yeah. Even, even more so. It does. Yeah. Nike's got swag, but 
Yeah, a kid who's gonna base some of his decision on uh, gear. It's, you know, usually it's not gonna be based. So I wore Adidas in high school. I wore Adidas in college. It's not gonna. You're not gonna base. It's a yeah that pie chart analogy. It's like five percent of the pie chart. But then again, if we get on board with Jordan brand, it just like God. Could you imagine like Marcus yeah. Freeman repping Jordan? It's just it's cool. It just lends itself. It's just cool, man. Yeah, it's just cool. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that was that one. John's, uh, Tim, do you want to say something? Oh, I'm just reading the comments. The guy says, I don't want Bryce Young. What's he talking? I don't even know what he's talking about. The last guy, I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, Tim, you don't want Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John says, considering academic requirements slash standards, the godforsaken city of South Bend and NIL limitations, Freeman is recruiting heroically. Yeah, the effort is, is going to be there for sure. Um, I tend to agree. Ghouls? Yeah, I, I I agree. I think he's doing a some of these lower rank guys is is kind of a head scratcher surface level. It's a head scratcher, but you watch the film and you go back to like a Sauce Gardner at Cincinnati was a three star kid that gets developed into a top five pick. So I I trust that evaluation. Tim, Tim, do you have any thoughts? I got a million, but I'm I'm fine. We can move on. I got a million when it comes to recruiting. It's a lot bigger. No one, it's like Notre Dame's been in in the wilderness for many, many years, and they're still trying to find a way to get out of it. So Tim, you do have thoughts on recruiting. Oh, I got a lot of thoughts, but that's Tim's got a lot stronger thoughts via text than he does on air. I'll tell you that much. We're already 70 minutes in. We got we're that's 70 fair. minutes in. No, but it's 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 true, you know. It, Freeman says a lot of good things. He, you know, he He's working his tail off. There's no doubt about that. You see the guys are recruiting. They're offering more guys. They're offering more dudes in the South, more blue chips. Goolsby kind of hinted at it a few minutes ago. It still comes down to resume when you're trying to get a five-star. When Mike Goolsby was being recruited, it was Bob Davey, but it was still part of that Lou Holtz era. There was still part some of that going on at Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman is 20-some-odd years trying to fight Davey, Weiss, Willingham, things of that nature. So it's still a work in progress. And his resume is, is, is really light when compared to guys he's trying to get, you know, beat out. As I said earlier, he's, they're not beating Bama, Georgia, Ryan day for guys. They're just not at this time. That's why when someone posted that in the chat room, so going to come down to wins. Okay. Air pro K dropped 99 cents. Missed. Uh, if you had a question with that, but do appreciate the support. This is going to be our last thing. Cause I've got a recruit to call. That's a pretty important one. So I'm going to, I need to get on that. Uh, Hank says, does Marcus Freeman have the staff to recruit the best uh, goals? That's to be determined. It's, it's, yeah, I would, it's to be determined. It's a young staff, but I don't know who the, Tim, when I was recruited, Greg Madison was an ace. He was yes. a freaking sharpshooter. Who is that on this staff outside of Marcus Freeman? Can't tell you. That was Mike Hayward, the running back coach for the Buckeyes, the first handful of years for Brian Kelly. We'd just go out. If there was a top 100 dude, he was in that house. You're right. You know, uh, Charlie Weiss had some of those guys as well. So you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's still a work in progress. It's still – Still a young group. I mean, I think you're right. You got a young head coach. You got a very young recruiting coordinator. You got a lot of guys with not a lot of thick resumes under them. They, they just don't. And they're working their tails off 
the recruiting pitch is have faith in us. We'll get so, there. Yeah. That's hard. Hold, hold on real quick. That's hard. I'm, I'm thinking if I'm Mike Goolsby and I'm a top 50 football player, do I trust that guy who's getting it done or do I have to put faith in him? And, and, and you know those guys do you think about that. Yeah. And it's, so if you don't have – experience for lack of a better word fellas if you don't have experience and the confidence that that brings you like a greg madison right mm-hmm. what else are you going to work with and it's just going to be energy right like i don't quite know what i'm doing i'm still young i'm, I'm yeah i'm so i'm just gonna i'm gonna outwork them but like i go back to like these recruiting stories like i think it was miami did an in-home visit and then coach madison was coming the same day and I don't know how he did it, but the confidence of Greg Madison, gosh, we got to get him on the podcast. But Tim, he times this thing up where Coach Chudzinski from Miami's walking out the door. And guess who's walking up the sidewalk? <laughs> Greg Madison. So, like, you got to have some freaking stones to be able to do that. And he did because of all the experience recruiting kids at, you know, from Texas, et cetera. So I don't know if we got a guy on our staff like that that's going to bang heads with Miami in a recruit's house. Uh, it's kind of wait and see. I mean, they are working hard. I will give Singer that. I mean, no the doubt, no doubt. These dudes are all over the place. They're looking at a thousand guys. They're offering more guys. They're being creative. They're being, Freeman's, yeah. Freeman's being creative too. This is another note. Like he, he was on that. Uh, Tim, you sent me the link. The the podcast. Yeah, really. Uh, I, I watched it today. The pivot is really so good. He's being super creative in terms of like getting out there, but I don't want this to turn into a Marcus Freeman show, and that detracts from like Notre Dame and or the team, et cetera. No. So that's he's got to be able to strike that balance. It's not so much about Freeman; it's about the program, et cetera. I'm still on the who does Notre Dame have a Greg Madison on staff? Stucky's an absolute freak show of recruiting. Nice. Like he's he's a stud. Dealing, talking about receiver and running back recruiting stocks so up at Notre Dame. It's in, it's incredible. Um, and then I would throw Chad Bowden in there. In terms of your bulldog recruiting coordinator, he's. He, what is it about? What is it about McCullough and and Coach Stucky? What is it about him? If you could quantify it. I mean, give me McCullough his experience with the Chiefs. Because you want to talk about something that the kids loved. I mean, the Chiefs. I mean, that modern day football they absolutely love, and Dylan McCullough was a part of that. Um, yeah, just his background. I mean, he's big time. He's just a big time guy. Hell, you Google Dylan McCullough, you're getting his ESPN story. You know that they did a few years ago. You know when he found his bio father. So that was. I think there's a there's a lot of swag there, and then Chancey Stuckey, um, the energy, his experience in the NFL. Um, yeah, he, he right. um, those guys with their relationships are outstanding. But are those guys, I think what Goolsby was talking about, are those guys going at, hey, Dylan McCullough, boom, you need to go talk to Justin Scott one-on-one. Is, are, are they doing that? Not, they, no, so no. Exactly. So they're so just you, hurting his one position for a couple guys and whatnot. Dig, and gentlemen, dig. So keep digging. Thing. What are you saying, Tim? Like, in Mike, like he's not going to meet one-on-one. Dig. What do you mean? Well, I'm going back to your point. <laughs> I mean – I mean, I God, I got to dig up some old blue and golds, but you're right. Greg Madison used to be the dude that would go talk to guys and get them. You know, Mike Haywood, like I said, he was, you know, I remember so many articles in blue and gold, always talking about him going to visit guys and things of that nature uh, during the, I think he was with Weiss one year and then, you know, Kelly the last four years, first four years, excuse me. Who is that ace? 
we say Stucky, oh, he, okay, he's, he's brought in some wide receivers, but he's not landing frequently. Oh, Tim, you and your Stucky disrespect. I thought disrespect. I was a fan of when he came here, he, but he's not bringing in Brian Hartline guys, Mike. Let's be real. Let's be well, real. Notre Dame's not Ohio State. He didn't come into. Let him talk, Singer. Let him talk. I'm just saying. You're saying. I mean, we're saying plus recruiters. Okay, fine. That, but are they going head to head and beating all these guys? Can you beat? We're going to find out this year, right? Can you go and beat these big elite teams without the guys they have? We're going to find out. So to Hyde's point, to Tim's point, going back to me watching this 2021 game. You can throw a hitch route to a guy like a Jamison Williams, a special player, Tim. He gone. You know, so it's like, what is it going to take for us to land for even forget the ratings, but like these not not forget the ratings, but these like special kids. I think it's what we're kind of saying. We need special kids like and, these Bama's, Georgia's, Ohio State, Heartline receiver types. And my point is, is I love I love what Goolsby said. Who is the ace? Who is that guy? But in reality, in, on this staff, it's it's Marcus Freeman. When you go out to go visit, he's the one doing the visits to those schools, as you always report on Mike. And he's the one going out. He's the face and, and whatnot. So it's, at the end of the day, it's him. He's more involved as you. I mean, Singer posts all the time. Who's, who's talking to me? And Freeman's mentioned in every single recruit. Every single recruit says Marcus Freeman's talking to me. So he has That's a lot awesome. more hands involved and she's you know more involved that's why i go back to my point earlier about everyone wants to blame game on o'leary this staff recruits as a staff from what i read so they're way more involved and Bowden as the recruiting coordinator is involved a ton so if notre dame's not getting certain guys where's his responsibility because he is the recruiting coordinator he has no job on campus other than to talk to the 150 kids they've offered so he is the man in charge correct God, I've, I've, I have. This is why we needed to go to Mike Ireland, Mike, so we could have these conversations over beer. It's not getting to happen, huh? In the flesh, not over the internet. Listen, with with Rezac on that commit list, uh, I'm I'm flying my happy ass out to Omaha. I mean, that's that's a guarantee. Well, you could stay at the house, man. You could stay oh, in my. And uh, now you're saving the company some money. I mean, this oh, is I'm a, gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna invoice you for sure, dude. <laughs> But hey, Mike, just the, the sucky disrespect from you, Tim. I can't even look at you right now. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, singer, singer. I'm the one that praised him when he got hired and hyped him up and stuff like that. No, no, no. What I said oh, about well, then, oh, well, he's then the guy. Okay. Is Stucky the guy to go close? Who's going to go close on Carter Nelson? Who? Who's the closer? Greg Madison. What what was his job? Defensive line coach, and guess who he recruited? And him? and and what what did he do before? He was defense coordinator. He's it's a defensive court. He was defense coordinator, right? Yes, sure. So yeah, he's the receivers coach. They he recruits receivers. I'm just saying for his position. Oh, for his position, okay, okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, were yeah. talking about who is the dude to go close on a guy. Notre Dame has had those stud Freeman and Bowden singer, right singer. Can you commit to getting Singer? Can we? If I can get Greg Madison on a podcast, can you make your happy ass available to film it and uh, host it? Yes or yes? Of course. Okay. We'll see what we'll see what he's got to say because he's been at Ohio State, etc. He's been at Michigan, A and M. When's the last time you talked to him? Do you keep up with him? I saw him uh, 
I saw him when I went back to Notre Dame for this. He lives in South Bend for last spring. My button sack defensive end teammate of mine texted him. He came to the bar and had beers with us. It was awesome. You know, he was we like he was like excited to get out and see his see his guys and singer. You could probably hunt him down. I think he is in South Bend, and he, I've got his phone number. I've seen I mean, pictures of him online. He's uh, he's around the Notre Dame football. Oh, league. he's doing nothing but like fishing. Yeah. I mean, he'd be chomping at the bit to come come on the pod and have a realistic conversation about. I would geek out, man. That'd be so much fun. Let's do it. Well, if you're not on vacation, let's do it. <laughs> Glusby says I'm know. on vacation more than anybody. I don't know. Took one week. Took five days. <laughs> well, I mean, to his his point, we're not doing the show tomorrow because I got I got a personal thing going on tomorrow. So I do. You know, oh, I got you. No, I got that's you. what we're doing on Tuesday. <laughs> the, my last thought, though, in terms of like self scouting, doing some like internal auditing. If I'm Chad Bowden, if I'm Coach Freeman. How do I recruit against that if I am an Ohio State, if I'm a Clemson? I'm sitting there going, well, Coach Freeman's the lead recruiter, and, and that's who you're building this relationship with as this five-star kid. Once you get to – I've got news for you, Justin Scott. Once you get to Notre Dame, you're never going to see Coach Freeman. He's the head coach. You know, you're going to spend all your time with me. I'm your defensive line coach at Georgia or whatever. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's a real easy countersell to be like, if Coach Freeman is the lead recruiter – that's sweet, like during this recruiting process. But once you get to South Bend, you're not going to see Coach Freeman. He's tied up with media and all these other obligations that he has. So that's just food for thought in terms of like auditing yourself and how you're going about this recruiting process. That's the danger to me in having your head coach be your lead recruiter. Okay. Hi, do you have any closing thoughts? No matter what we've said the last 10 minutes, tons of positives. Notre Dame is bringing in more really, really high-end football players the last three years than they have the previous dozen. So things are going up, I truly believe, when you, no look, at, when you look at the data. It, it is going up. As much as, you know, we want to talk recruiting this class, they still got Carter Nelson, you know, Asa, Lambert, Justin Scott in the background. Those are, you know, Tay Johnson's coming up, who's a top 150-ish player. They got some dudes still to close on. So. All right, we're going to end it there. A lot of fun. If you're just joining us uh, on the live show, hit that rewind, start from the beginning, some really good stuff that you missed earlier in the show. Hit that thumbs up, of course, folks. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are new here. I'm looking forward to hearing the comments or reading the comments on this one, man. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I had to block a couple people just being complete jerks. Uh, just, just don't need to read that stuff right now. You know, people bashing me well, they were incorrect though. People praising me who were, were correct, obviously, but yeah, fun, fun time. If you're watching back, please let us know what you think about some of these topics in the comments. I'm sure you will. Uh, if you're listening via podcast and you like what you heard, please do leave a, a good review and go to blueandgold.com for a lot more Notre Dame football coverage. And even our message board, loose emoji board. Hide talks. I'm obviously on there. Goolsby pops in from time to time. Goolsby, I know, reads it a lot more than he posts. So if you're talking about Goolsby on there, he will probably see it. It um, depends on, you know, my um, yeah, my VM for the day, you know, when I jump on there. There was that one thread um, about is Hartman the most handsome player at Notre Dame since. You commented on there. It was hysterical. Of course, I was going with Goolsby as the the obvious number one choice, the most handsome Notre Dame player ever. Um, that was a fun thread that Goolsby hopped in on. Uh, yeah, I missed Jelly doesn't take that either. 
No, it's you. You're but you, you think I'm not the leader of your fan club too? Come on. I, I, I don't even, I never even categorically thought of myself as a handsome guy, if I'm being completely honest with you. But I was saying Cole Komet, not that handsome. That was what the comment that was. That was, was. Michael take. Mayer, Michael Mayer met the guy. I was, I was, uh, I felt like a teenage girl. The guy's a stud, <laughs> absolute stud. And then there's Joe Walt. Okay. All right. All right, boys, appreciate your guys' time. And for folks watching, listening, appreciate you as well. And as always, we will catch you next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.